Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Robert Fairhead from Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True Writers website. I'm taking a short break from podcasting over the festive season because I'm going on a long road trip with my son from Sydney to Western Australia to spend Christmas and New Year with our WA family. But as I did during a break for Christmas 2022, I've put together a Kris Kringle collection featuring three episodes from the Tall and True Short Reads archive. Too Late Lenny, Episode 3, released 1st of October 2020. Between you and me, Lenny, there are more mourners at your funeral with the COVID restrictions than would have been graveside had you died before the pandemic. Streaming it over Zoom helps boost your numbers. Mind you, most of the faces on my computer screen are strangers, or I haven't seen for ages. Stuck in Time, episode 54, released 22nd of June, 2022. It's 1997. I'm 15, and Dad's delivering another lecture on my poor prospects. If you carry on like this, son, you'll end up in prison. I won't admit it, but he may have a point, because today on the drive home after catching me shoplifting again, the local cop issued a last warning. Family Reflections, Episode 73, released 9th of May, 2023. Mum's up first, as always, though she doesn't like looking at her reflection nowadays. She splashes her face and turns away from me with a towel. Over her shoulder, I watch Mum gaze out the frosted bathroom window, changing red with the dawn. And when she turns back to hang up the towel, Mum's wearing her pained expression again, like she's failed to solve the riddle of life. At the end of each Kris Kringle episode, I'll explain when, why and how I wrote the story. Too Late Lenny, a short story by Robert Fairhead. (laughs) Between you and me, Lenny, there are more mourners at your funeral with the COVID restrictions than would have been graveside had you died before the pandemic. Streaming it over Zoom helps boost your numbers. Mind you, most of the faces on my computer screen are strangers, or I haven't seen for ages. I recognise your ex-wife, and your adult kids, vaguely, and a couple of old work colleagues. The last time I saw Lenny, he was tanned and healthy looking, which he attributed to playing golf. You gotta take up golf, Bob, he advised me during our lunch. Chasing a ball on the fairways will get you back into shape. I chuckled, (laughs) and chewed my steak. And you've got to give up red meat, he went on, waving about a slice of salmon on his fork. Cows graze and get fat. Fish are always swimming, so they don't drown. That's why eating fish is better for you. They're fit. Lenny and I had worked together in advertising. He thought up funny lines and I wrote body copy. We made a good team and had many good times and laughs. (laughs) But Lenny got greedy and moved on. And without him, my copy lacked a punchline. The firm let me go and I blamed Lenny for it. We cut our ties, and I lost track of him. Two years ago, out of the blue, Lenny called me. Hey Bob, long time no here. How's retirement? We should do lunch again. And so we did, regularly, for the next year and a half. As always, Lenny did all the talking, waxing lyrical about golf and life. Like me, he had retired. Unlike me, his long-suffering wife had left him. He rarely saw his kids and grandkids, and old friends didn't return his calls. Except for me. You know, Bob, sometimes I wonder where I went wrong, Lenny ruminated during that last lunch. Perhaps I was too focused on work and money and having a good time. 
I burned too many bridges. I opened my mouth and was about to explain to him how I felt he had betrayed me too. But before I could speak, Lenny laughed. <laughs> and added, Thank God for golf, I say. Six months ago, Lenny called with the shock news he had cancer. It's inoperable, he told me, his voice suddenly croaky on the phone. You know what I said to the doc, Bob? Bugger. I meant to visit Lenny, but with COVID and lockdown, I couldn't leave the house. We spoke a few times on the phone until he got too sick. Lenny said he was reaching out to family and friends to make amends. But no one wants to talk to a dying man, Bob. That's why I like calling you. There and then, Lenny, I wanted to tell you how much it hurt me, but I didn't. And now you're six feet under on Zoom. It's too late, Lenny, but I forgive you. <laughs> I wrote Too Late Lenny in July 2020 for Furious Fiction, a monthly 500-word short story competition run by the Australian Writers' Centre. The brief for July's Furious Fiction was that the story had to take place either at a wedding or a funeral, something had to be cut, and it had to include the words over, between and under. I set Too Late Lenny at Lenny's funeral. Due to COVID restrictions, his funeral was streamed over Zoom. Our narrator Bob tells the tale, between you and me, of his friendship with Lenny and how it had been cut and rekindled. And the story ends with Bob watching Lenny's coffin lowered six feet under via Zoom. I didn't win Furious Fiction July, but I thoroughly enjoyed writing Too Late Lenny. However, when I shared it on Tall and True, I changed the narrative slightly. Bob's still our first-person narrator, but in the original version, he only addresses the reader. Revisiting the story, I thought it sounded better for Bob to speak to his old friend Lenny in the opening and closing paragraphs. Stuck in Time, a short story written and narrated by Robert Fairhead. It's 1997. I'm 15 and Dad's delivering another lecture on my poor prospects. If you carry on like this, son, you'll end up in prison. I won't admit it, but he may have a point. Because today on the drive home after catching me shoplifting again, the local cop issued a last warning. It's now 2022. I'm pushing 40 and I haven't talked to my dad in years. However, I heeded the cop's warning long ago and chose a different fork in the road, away from petty theft. I've had ups and downs, but I've never been to prison, and I live as distant as possible from my dad and his lectures. It's 1997 again, and mum and dad are arguing in the kitchen. Their raised voices and accusations fly back and forth like they're slugging it out of Wimbledon. You're too hard on him, and you're too soft. Cut him some slack. He needs discipline. I'm in the bedroom I share with my little brother, at the rear of the house, and we hear every shouted word through the paper-thin walls. My brother is humming a tune to himself, drawing a rainbow on our bedroom wall with coloured chalk. Dad will explode when he sees it, and he'll blame me. I throw some clothes into a bag, grab my secret stash of cash, and creep from the bedroom without saying goodbye to my brother. And I ease open the back door, and slip quietly from the house. It's 2022, and Mum's on the phone. Dad's in hospital again. She whispers hoarsely, her vocal cords strained by old age and from too many years of fighting and shouting. And he won't be coming home. What do you want me to do? I ask, though I know the answer. Mum wants me to fly back and say goodbye to my dad. I don't want to go, but I owe it to her. It's 1997, and I'm in the cop car outside our house. The cop's on the front veranda with Dad, and Mum's looking out, silhouetted behind the fly screen door. I was at the train station when the cop found me. 
Another ten minutes, and I'd have been on the train to the city. But he bundled me into the cop car and drove me home. It was my brother who told Dad I'd run away from home, and I'm going to punch him when I get the chance. It's 2022. My brother and I are sitting outside the hospital, sharing a joint. And Mum's inside with our dad. But he's too far gone to know whether we're there or not. Why didn't you come home sooner? My brother asks, passing me the joint. Just a week ago, Dad was asking after you. It's 1997 again. Only it's not. It's 2022. Except in my head. And I'm smoking a joint at the hospital with my brother. Mum's in the room with Dad. And he's dying. But I'm stuck in time. I celebrated my second anniversary of submitting 500-word short stories to the Australian Writers' Centre's Furious Fiction Competition in March 2022 with Stuck in Time. The brief for March was, each story had to include a character that commits a crime, some kind of door being opened, and the words chalk, talk, and fork. Longer variations were accepted, with the original spelling retained. Having brainstormed ideas, I set my first draft at the Redundant Dads Club. I felt the characters at this monthly meeting offered me opportunities for a crime and doors opening and closing on relationships and places for the required words, with lots of talking. But I stalled after about 200 words, abandoned the draft, the first time I've done so in two years of Furious Fictions, and returned to my ideas list. And among my jottings, I spotted an alternative opening line. My father is giving me another of his talks. I've blogged on Tall and True, about following Ernest Hemingway's advice to write one true sentence. And so I changed the opening line into something my father once said to the teenage me. If you carry on like this, son, you'll end up in prison. Ping. Like a light switched on inside my head, I suddenly saw the story with my protagonist flipping back and forth between his teenage and pushing 40 selves and struggling to reconcile his feelings for his father. How much of a writer's work is imagination and how much is memoir? I used a true sentence in Stuck in Time. Yes, I live across the continent for my father, and we have had our father and son difficulties over the years. But I call him regularly and visit whenever I can. The rest is pure imagination. The shoplifting. Mum and Dad fighting. Running away from home. Dad dying. Sharing a joint outside a hospital with my brother. And I was 15 in 1977, not 1997. And when I wrote Stuck in Time, I wasn't pushing 40, I was pushing 60. In another first for Furious Fiction and me, Stuck in Time was long-listed for March 2022. I was as proud to see my name and story on the list as if I'd won the competition, and it felt like a fitting reward on my second anniversary of Furious Fictions. Family Reflections A short story written and narrated by Robert Fairhead Mum's up first, as always, though she doesn't like looking at her reflection nowadays. She splashes her face and turns away from me with a towel. Over her shoulder, I watch Mum gaze out the frosted bathroom window, changing red with the dawn. And when she turns back to hang up the towel, Mum's wearing her pained expression again, like she's failed to solve the riddle of life. Tilly's next in line, spending more time than some might deem necessary, applying makeup and styling her hair to attend university lectures. But I have fond memories of little Tilly, standing on a stool to peer over the sink, pulling funny faces. Now, all made up, she reminds me of Mum, 
though back at the point when mum pouted at me, as Tilly does in the mornings. And I hope she never turns away from me, like mum. Outside the door, dad's been pacing up and down the hall. And when it's finally his turn, he grumbles as usual about building an ensuite bathroom. To be fair, dad has a middle-aged male problem and gets up frequently in the middle of the night. So to be kept waiting for the bathroom, especially when Tilly's in here, can be excruciating for him. Dad stands at the sink, brushing his teeth, and tells himself he should see a doctor about the problem, and not just accept it as part of getting older. But Dad's been saying this to me for a while, and I worry he may leave it too late. Zane's the last to appear. Later in the morning, after Mum and Dad have left for work, and Tilly's caught the bus to university. I don't recognise the cheeky chappy he used to be these days. He looks surly. When Zane left high school, he got involved with the wrong people, as Mum once told me. They led him astray. Dad confided to me another time. And Tilly only mentions her brother's name now, if he bangs at the door when she's making up. And then she shouts and swears back at him. Zane plays up to his label as the black sheep of the family. And I often suffer listening to him curse Mum and Dad, even Tilly. Yet I remember Zane and her as young and happy kids, elbowing each other for the front position at the sink, laughing at their images in there. <laughs> After the morning rush and Zane's late visit, there's little to entertain me until the evening, when the frosted window reddens, then darkens again. And I spend my day musing on the family and their lives beyond me in the bathroom. I wish Mum still felt confident in herself that Dad would see a doctor, and that Tilly and Zane could be friends again. <laughs> but selfishly, I also hope an ensuite and bathroom renovations won't end my involvement with the family. And I reflect, do they have any inkling of my feelings about them? I wrote Family Reflections, originally titled Morning Reflections, for the Australian Writer Centre's April 2023 Furious Fiction Writing Challenge. The brief for April was... The 500-word short story had to have something that changes colour. Include the words accept, point, riddle, inkling and label. Did you hear them? And the story had to have an engaging opening sentence that would make the readers want to read on. My first idea was a dark piece on domestic violence, opening with a woman staring at her bruised face in a mirror. However, I decided I couldn't tell that story, so I abandoned it. But I kept the mirror and gave it the narrator's voice. I enjoyed exploring the possibilities of a bathroom mirror reflecting on the family. As an older dad, I recognised its melancholy, recalling Tilly and Zane's younger days, and worry over the effects of ageing on mum and dad. And I'm sure the family, and I, are not alone in confiding confidences and concerns to our reflections, with no inkling that the mirror may be listening to us. April 2023 marked the third anniversary of my first Furious Fiction, a song on the radio. Episode 4 of Tall and True Short Reads, written on the first weekend of the COVID lockdown in Australia in April 2020. And Family Reflections was my 27th short story submitted to the challenge. And, drumroll please. After three years, it was the first of my short stories showcased on the Writers' Centre's website. The perfect anniversary gift. It was also one of my most time-squeezed stories, with weekend family and footy commitments meaning I could only fit in short bursts of writing. But three years of furious fiction gave me confidence in my process 
and ability to write and submit the story by the Sunday midnight deadline. I hope you enjoyed this year's reflective Chris Kringle collection. You can read all my short stories, blog posts and other writings at tallandtrue.com. You can also buy my short story collections, including my latest Tall and True microfiction anthology, from the Amazon Kindle, Apple Books and Kobo online bookstores. Links are available in the show notes. The next episode of Tall and True Short Reads will be released in the new year. In the meantime, please check your feed or the podcast website, tallandtrueshortreads.com, for earlier episodes from all four seasons. And follow or subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it via your favourite app. Doing so helps me share my storytelling. You can support the podcast financially by making a small one-off or regular donation via the ACAST supporter page. You'll find a link in the show notes. I hope you have a happy and safe festive season. Please share this Chris Kringle collection with your family and friends and tell them about Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True Writers website. <laughs> <laughs>